0: To the show, music provided by Talk Time. Talk Time. That's Year of Self. This is a grand party with me. A grand party. Just a slight difference on the T's and the D's. This is a show where I have a conversation with a friend for about an hour. I don't edit it, and then I provide it to you, dear listener. This has been mostly. I have to admit a pretty selfish enterprise to just get on the phone more, hear people's voices, not do doing so much of the texting, but hear the telephone calls. And it seems to me that um, all of my friends are quite interesting. And I am like, every time I'm having a phone conversation, if I do make that happen, it's like, why isn't this a podcast? And shockingly, you, listener, agree. I keep expecting each episode to have zero or one listeners, and it's more than that. So thanks for listening. Thanks for rating it five stars on the uh, Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening to podcasts. uh, I insist if you do leave a rating to just uh, focus on how good we all look, how pretty we all are, maybe me especially. I've been doing one of these a day. And how long i am going to keep up with that? I don't know. I haven't. This has not been a lot of intentional... um, goal setting in advance other than what I just said. That said, I do have accidentally kind of the rest of January booked out. So maybe it'll be one a day just for a month and then we'll pull it back. Maybe it'll be a month. Maybe it's just once a day every day. My, you know, kind of my reasoning on it is just like I can find an hour and, you know, whichever connects with you is great. And there's options essentially. Um, as always, we are recording in, uh, Los Angeles, California in the evening in the cat garage in mid city is the early evening on Monday, January 18th, Martin Luther King day, seeing a lot of brands on Twitter being exhausting, pulled back from that. My ongoing battle with, uh, trying to not stay on social media, feel angry about stuff, Uh, and feeling relatively powerless to do anything about it. So trying to do more intentional things, even if this podcast is a little sloppy doppy. Another running storyline for this podcast is I'm waking up at 430 in the morning to give my neighbor a lift to work and, uh, I'm still doing it. I'm doing it this day four started last Wednesday and we're doing the pod a day. We're trying to build a better grant, a grant that is more productive than just than than what was coming before. Not that I was not doing nothing, but it could stand to be improved. Today, I'm talking with uh, one of my oldest and dearest friends. I would say not oldest in terms of age, but in terms of how long we've known each other. We go back to college in Ohio. The Bowling Green State University, and we moved out to Los Angeles, California together and started doing internships at the same time. And I was going more in right. I was like, I want to write scripts. I want to maybe do comedy stuff. It didn't have much more necessarily figured out than that. Um, Emily Barron's, however, we met when uh, she properly got a film degree led the Film Kids Club, which had a different name, at school, which is how I feel like we probably did meet. Because I was studying to become a teacher, or first a journalist and then a teacher, trying to figure out what to do. It's kind of a recurring theme. What am I doing? So it was happening even in the college days, and then now in the adult days, even still. But Emily had a pretty clear goal. And then we Also just sort of became friends because I was hanging out with the film kids thinking, oh, yeah, film. That's it. That's what I want to do. And we had some times. Then we moved out here, had some other times. And, uh, you know, would you say that's about accurate, Emily?
1: I mean, what an introduction.
0: (laughs) I got to I got to pump the brakes on the intros. The thing that's strange is doing an introduction at all. And you can be honest, I don't know. If the show really needs it, I feel like I could probably just hit record, and we could have just picked up exactly where we were.
1: Well, I, I think that the mood is—I um, I think you're setting a mood. You're setting some intentions for the conversation. It feels very yoga-esque.
0: Mm, uh, I gotta I, do yoga.
1: You know, I—it's um, something that I have dabbled in in the past, and um, I've
0: dabbled. Yeah, have you I've gone been- to the classes? I haven't actually dabbled in like I've only dabbled in the sense of putting on a YouTube video and doing it at home. I actually have right. not gone anywhere.
1: See, I just I just watch the YouTube video at home uh mm-hmm. and don't do the yoga alongside of it. So that's like not great. Um I, I class. <laughs> oh
0: yeah, forget about my oh, forget about the morning zoo sound effects. We'll gotta time those up. <laughs> yeah, baby. And we're also gonna do
1: <laughs> color number
0: nine, hoobastang. Those are my only two bits with the thing.
1: Do you miss doing radio like real terrestrial radio?
0: Yes, yes. I was doing that when when we first met. That's why most of I would miss most weekend parties or a lot of them are come quite late because I was working every weekend at the FM radio station either on the classic rock 945 XKR, Toledo's classic rock, or maybe it would have been 1065 Toledo's alt rock. You're not supposed to do that voice, but that's how they all sound. Yeah, um, I kind of miss it. I, I, I don't actually miss it, but I, but that's where I feel like maybe I can stick to doing this daily because yeah. there's a fun routine in it. I think
1: it feels adjacent to uh, radio. It's like a more authentic, it's softer radio. It's slow softer
0: radio. Yeah,
1: slow TV. You know.
0: I think ideally by the end of this grand experiment, hopefully there will be like a clearer, more formed idea for a podcast that will then go forward in, in some capacity. Um
1: Well, I'm happy to be here in its infancy and see how it's forming into its little little life you know, I like
0: you're you're coming in in the infancy i would say in the we're in week 2 so we're in the terrible twos yeah. now we're <laughs> you're in, you're in the toddler stage and seeing me beginning to walk and maybe it's not clear because i'm still got some bad vocal tics of like talking too much especially up front but there is less me apologizing for every sentence which is a right. real bad habit that uh that I'm I'm trying to kick and just ending a sentence with a little more confidence.
1: Yeah, that's a really tough thing. Um I also, you know, we're in what month 10 of the working from home thing and I, Sorry. Um it's okay. Um no, I realize I've developed this very strange affectation that I think is going to unfortunately continue past Quar. Where I wait until someone is completely finished talking, um, which for some people probably just sounds like good manners. But for me, it's so that my so people will hear my voice on a multi-person Zoom call. And so in the intro, I was like, "Oh God, is he gonna throw it to me? Is this conversational? And so I was just waiting for you um, to kind of signal to me. Um, so all that said, it did feel like an organic conversation in that I was waiting for it to be an organic conversation. So kudos.
0: Thanks. I think we're getting a little better at the intro each time. However, it is definitely still like, it's as though I'm announcing my friends like they're it's the starting lineup for the Lakers. Like here comes, she works in reality development. She's from Ohio, Emily. And then that's where I made the air horn.
1: I do want you to ask me my favorite question to ask people, which is like, what would your song that you walk out to be? So you can ask me that now.
0: Emily, I was thinking a lot about our friendship. And one of the things that I'm wondering is if you were to walk out to a song like a wrestler or a, you know, any sort of performer that has a theme song, what would yours be?
1: That's a great question. The Roseanne theme song.
0: Perfect answer. Perfect answer. Absolutely good answer.
1: It's canned, but it <laughs> I've thought a lot about
0: it. Yeah, tell me about the thought process. What were some yeah. other contenders too?
1: Oh, great. Also a great question. Okay, here's, here's what really um, I love about the Roseanne theme song. Um, I think that if I were to play any professional sport, it would be one with some running, but not sustained running. So I think baseball would be the sport for me. I'm oh, not great yeah. at catching or throwing, but I think I could hit a ball. So a great at bat song, it's like, it's recognizable. Think about swinging a bat around to that in like a yeah. cocky way. So, um, that's kind of the way I moved to that song anyway. Uh, you know, that's yeah. a
0: really great mental image. Cause I, I forgot about, yeah. Baseball players have intro songs. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, that really fits the vibe of all of it. Swinging the bat around, also the ballpark vibe, just the, the harmonica in the Roseanne theme. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It really fits a Cracker Jacks and uh, salty peanuts oh, and yeah. hot dogs kind of vibe. I mean, those are some of the foods that are on the table anyway in the Roseanne <laughs> intro. So you've kind of got that in your head.
1: Exactly. And then if I were to hit, mm, let's say a grand slam, um, they would play her laughing at the end as like, <laughs> the bases, which that part was not canned. I just realized how good that would be. Uh, yeah. I mean, I know that she, in 2021, is, you know, not not the feminist icon we sold her as in the mid-aughts. Sure. Um,
0: no, she's been canceled and uncanceled and then canceled pretty thoroughly at this point. Yeah. But But, but cr- I think we all agreed we all agree that the theme song is still good. Like they continued to do the show without her, which is to say, it's like, we still like the set. We still like the song. You yeah. know, you do.
1: Everybody loves Darlene. We're in. Yeah. Long live the Connors. Yeah. Um, so yeah. I
0: think it's, Oh man, you can see it right there. It's a good habit that you have and a habit that I'm trying to change of talking over people. I should just wait until the end. My, I, I, I don't know what the instinct is or why, where the instinct comes from of wanting to like jump in of like, Oh, I know. Oh, dude, I know. Oh, I know. Dude, dude, dude I know. And you're like, yeah, just well, let me get conversations
1: d- go. In real conversation, we'd talk over to ourselves and you know, you can, you can listen and talk at the same time, but like in zoom or Google hangout or Skype or whatever, um, you, you just can't like the it's, it's impossible, especially if there's multiple people. Um,
0: are you on zoom all day for work?
1: All, uh, we are a Google Hangout company, typically. Okay. Um, but, but are you on
0: it all day or is it like three meetings a day kind of thing? Or um, Three to it like?
1: five. <laughs> it's rough. Um, and sometimes it's like some meetings are just very long and they're not necessarily a meeting with an agenda. It's just kind of let's talk about things.
0: Okay. So it's very much like this. So, the, so you're, it sounds like you're at least getting – some people I've been talking to are like, well, I'm on Zoom all day, but it's so strictly about work that there's no kind of camaraderie or like uh, actual conversation happening. But I would imagine based on what you're saying that there is, it seems a little loosey, seems a little looser, or goosier.
1: Yeah. I'm also kind of uniquely um, prepped for all of this from my reality TV casting days. How where so? You know, um, I'm on a Skype call with somebody who lives in another part of the country and having to, you know, get their guard down and just kind of shooting the shit with them and then getting them to say wild things. Right. Um, and producing people over Skype.
0: So um, those days are behind you or those are days are kind of ongoing? Because I,
1: um,
0: I know you worked in reality TV as a past tense thing, yes. but are also kind of developing... also. I don't even know if this is the right kind of mode of question. I don't know how much you want to talk about no, work. Feel no, free to I can
1: talk about work. Um, All right. we love talking about work. Um, so I am a developer and, um, I work for a company right now that we wouldn't call ourselves a reality TV company. That said we're selling to unscripted buyers. Mm. And so, like unscripted is the premium way of saying reality TV. Um, so it's, you know, it, it's the same tool set. It's just a matter of what I'm building with it. Okay. Um, my my housewives adjacent days are on pause. Um, if any of those companies give me a call and give me a great offer, I'd slip I'd back into that pretty easily. Um, I think that my days in the, the outdoors, cars, survivalist space, I don't think I can go back to that.
0: Yeah, that would be, that's sort of an odd fit, not really your natural skill set. Whereas the Housewives Adjacent, <laughs> you've had some good recommendations, I feel like, for yeah. reality shows for me.
1: Yeah. Well, I, you know, I, I'm sure that you run into this as well, but like being from Ohio. Yeah. Also, like, kind of uniquely puts you in a place where you can kind of be whatever kind of friend any kind of person needs you to be. like in in the time where i was producing um like a hunting show i i know just enough to like get some dude in camo to trust me and at the same time i know just enough to get some like housewife adjacent type person um to to like converse with me and like have a real conversation with them um and I like I really do honestly think it's because I'm from Ohio. It's like I grew up in the suburbs. Mm-hmm. I spent a lot of time in a city. Also, spent a lot of time in the country. And
0: you're pretty well rounded in terms of like your accessibility. Yeah. But I remember, and I I don't think you'd disagree. Like I feel like you always have been. You've had for whatever reason the magnetic appeal that where people always feel comfortable just like sharing secrets with you.
1: Yeah. It's so bad. You know, <laughs> them. Like to be completely honest, I've gotten better. I like <laughs> it's something that I like worked on. Um, really? I just, I just have this, like I have a face. I think that's really what it is. I have a face and a tone and people want to tell me things and I can use it for good or bad. Um, and I'm making conscious effort to use it for good. Uh, it's hard,
0: though. I can uh, I can imagine that struggle because somebody. Um, here's the the usual, as predicted. Uh, choppers, choppers brought to you by Los Angeles, California County, Los Angeles County in California, completely falling apart under COVID and also police state. So the choppers are a mainstay
1: do we think they're heading West and will you hear them over my house in approximately four minutes?
0: Ooh, good question.
1: Yeah. Yeah. We, I uh, hope
0: that would be fun.
1: That's, um, that's great.
0: <laughs> that's cool though. I like that you incurred you. I like that you include the fact that you had to kind of work on like very consciously being better with it. I can, I, you know, I mean, that's people giving you a, here, Hey, here's just some free power. social currency that you can very easily use behind my back and I'll never know, you know what I mean? And you can, you still get the, or you, or whatever it is kind of thing. Like that's a, it's, it's like handing it a toddler, a loaded gun in a little bit of a way in like the social way of it. Um,
1: Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. And like, like, that's what it is. It's social currency. Like if we, if, if like thinking back to a past workplace of mine, um, information was currency there. And so if I knew a little bit about something that was happening and I could let somebody else know a little bit about what I know, and then they let a little bit of what they know, and we kind of piece things together, and then we're powerful together until one or both of us wants to take the other down. <laughs> um, or, right. you know, it, that makes it that sounds a lot more housewivy and than my life actually is but you know it's it's true it's gossip and secrets are delicious and it's I think in most people's nature to like kind of want to share that snack
0: 100% spilling the tea the tea (laughs) yeah I mean I think I I I I feel like a lot of people wouldn't even have that, that moral um, internal tug of war that you're talking about um, where it would just kind of be like, yeah, you know, I mean, that's, people tell me secrets and that's it. You know um, what? uh, Then then that's it. Uh, I keep them best I can.
1: Yeah. Um, It's, it's, yeah, it's a tough thing um, to figure. I mean, yeah, it's just, it's, it's really hard to keep a secret especially when it's a good one.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: We, have, we have a friendly face. People tell you good shit.
0: And again, and with so like, particularly in, in business and just all aspects, it is a real power. I'm wondering if you had, and maybe this is too much of a question, but like, was there a time or, or a moment where did you hit a point where you're like, okay, maybe, you know, and, and like you say, like when you, when you describe it, it sounds a bit more dramatic than it sort of actually is in the reality. But was there any moment where you where there was kind of like, a okay, I need to maybe change how I'm viewing this? Or I imagine it was also gradual. Because um, this is like, there's a lifetime of just noticing a pattern and then being like, maybe this time I'll zig instead of zag, but maybe you remember how old you were or when oh. when that's that that thought started to arise?
1: Yeah, I, there was a workplace situation and it was a place that I had been for a long time and someone said to me, um, people tell you everything because they know you'll trade information with them uh, and everybody knows that about you and that's not a good thing for everyone to know.
0: Wow. And
1: it's funny though that that person told me that because I honestly truly believe that that person was also manipulating me mm. <laughs> um, in another way. Um, and they were right. Um, but it this I so I, I had that I had that frank piece of information that someone finally gave me um, yeah. at that point. But the way that particular ecosystem worked was very much about information as currency, like the inside scoop means you're the richest person there. And I I was continuing to act in that way, but less so. Um, And then when I moved on to my next job, I was just like, nope, not doing that anymore. And it's, sometimes I can slip back into that when I get some piece of information that's great. Mm -hmm. Or someone, you know, if someone wants to really dish about something and like, especially in the past 10 months, when we're all kind of like item are atomized in our homes and having frustrations with our coworkers, it's you know it's good to know that someone else that I work with is having the same frustration with the same person I work with, and in a way that is totally unique to our time. That I also think are a lot of these issues are like you know um, if somebody goes offline and goes to lunch and I don't know they went to lunch and then I'm waiting on an answer on something. And then I'm just getting matter and matter and matter, and I know that someone else is doing the same thing. Like, I still want to commiserate, but yeah,
0: I love to commiserate. Love a commiseration.
1: Oh, God, I love to bitch.
0: Yeah, it's I, it's, that's hundred percent. That's what this is all about. That's that's. The, I I feel you too on the Ohio thing. I, I'm I'm. I think I'm quite grateful for. Well, it's a mixed bag. All of it, yeah. but um, but definitely a thing that I'm. I feel pretty grateful for is is maybe some of that midwestern upbringing in in the i do feel like my default is pretty the well the default that i try to bring into a social situation or a a relationship that i try to and i think is helped by just having a that unassuming plain politeness and friendliness that uh the midwest kind of almost prides itself on yeah Of just Um, like yeah i'm just gonna take you at face value and sure yeah let's sure And then you sort of, it's a, it's kind of a false thing because like what you're alluding to is like people will sort of trust the face and the tone, but you know, it's interesting. I I connect with this too about you. This is maybe me projecting at it, but like I see you as both somebody that's very wholesome. We could talk about how you've been involved in girl scouts and leadership things. And like you do things altruistically, it seems to me, but no person is one thing. Um, and I also remember being intimidated by you, which I imagine is probably something that you've also had because like with, uh, uh, at least maybe in college, just cause you seemed like you had your shit together. But then I don't remember anything particularly with like gossip, anything necessarily, but just like if a person knows, if a person knows things socially and can kind of be confident and even cutting, then you're just sort of like, Oh, I don't know. So yeah. I remember having that feeling too. And, um, I wonder if uh, you have any thoughts on that with yourself and or me.
1: Yeah, actually. Well, it's funny. I was going to say, you know, college for me was um, moving to college was really difficult. But then I felt like I got my footing and I liked being able to be friends with a bunch of different kinds of people. And I remember with you specifically, um, I'm going to use first names and I'm going to assume that you know who all of these people are. Yeah. Um, so I met you through Mike and Corey. Mm-hmm. And we were also friends with Matt, who mm-hmm. was roommates with your high school friend, Adam.
0: Yeah. And this is a different Matt than Bernsey. Correct. But I know which Matt. Yeah.
1: Correct. Yes. And like Matt and Adam are very different kinds of people. And you had a friendship with both of them, and I just I remembered that about you because you know, (laughs) Adam is a very um, he's a sweet baby angel, basic bro. Like I, he was in a
0: frat and he drinks all the time. And we he just called me for the first time in like somewhat out of the blue uh, in years uh, to talk football. That was. That was nice because as I mentioned, like you're you guys from college are kind of my oldest friends. I haven't really been very good about keeping up with uh, folks in high school. So it's nice to hear uh, more recently because of football, because everybody knows I liked the Buffalo Bills and they're doing well. I've had some people reach out in that way. That's the nice thing with football. I'm
1: I'm, like, I'm actually kind of tearing up about that.
0: (laughs) Um. But yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, Adam was became, I think, you know, one of my best friends in high school. It's so strange though. College was where I started to begin the process of unpeeling a little bit of so many of the walls that I learned to put up in in high school just to sort of get by and kind of fit in. I was in high school. I, I was sort of just a bit of a floater, known as a joker. Ran some track did the morning announcements, was involved in plays and stuff, but uh, kind but of just you like-
1: You went to a very rural high school, correct?
0: Extremely rural. Less than 100 people graduated, uh, surrounded by cornfields, bring your tractor to school day. Yours was a bit more suburban though, right? Yeah. You weren't as, uh, you're not as much of a, a hick as me.
1: Yes. But I had a lot of hick friends um, yeah. from my job at the state fair, um, and mm-hmm. those were like some of my best friends- as well, like towards the end of high school and into college. Um, but yeah, you know, you, you really, I think at first glance, you come across as a product of the suburbs in the you know, late 90s, early aughts. And, and so when I realized that you and Adam were friends and old friends, I was like, huh. So all that to say, yes, I feel like you also have this Midwestern um, chameleon personality and i think it's a strength um you know i think it
0: can be a strength i think it i think sometimes it's disorienting or it can for me it can cause like uh i mean yeah i think even around that time and up until now there's just been a series of trying on things to see how they fit and kind of just being dissatisfied always but maybe not that also might just be me searching for something to say and to explain it i don't know how much i believe that. It's just the just the thing of growing up and figuring yourself out, maybe question mark.
1: Yeah um, yeah. And doing it in a semi public way is also really difficult. Um not that I'm any sort of public figure. Um but, you know, I I feel like I mean, I'm sure that you agree with this, but um I'm so glad that YouTube wasn't around when we were in middle school and high oh yeah. school. And really In college, that much. Um, Yeah, we were
0: around for the birth of it. You know, we it was our sophomore year, which uh, was I think when I met you guys was my second year.
1: Yeah, because I think
0: we were. You graduated high school in '04. Yes. Yeah. So we're, and you know, the other thing too is like I don't. I think I've been to your hometown, passing through, but not like your particular. That would be a fun. I don't know why or how or when that could ever. Ever in a million years happened, but if there was a like reality show thing that forced us to visit each other's hometowns, yeah, I'd be quite curious because Ashlyn, my wife, when she first saw my hometown and just how rural it was, she was really taken aback. She was like, yeah. You told me, but I still wasn't quite prepared for the time warp.
1: Yes, yes, and my for listeners, um, one of my best friends from college is from Delta, like the town that's essentially next to yours. And oh yeah,
0: wait, which one, Megan? From, uh, Marie. Oh Marie! Oh right, Marie. Exactly. Of course.
1: Um, and even having, you know, I like one of my very best friends from high school was a dairy farmer, and even, even like going to their town, like going to Delta, I was like, this is also very rural. Like this is, you live on a county road with just a number. This is yeah. Um, That was me. Yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah. Okay, I have a question about something you said thirty minutes ago. Um, Why are you driving your neighbor to work? What's the story there?
0: Oh right. Um, I either have. I'm not. I'm I'm viewing it as an opportunity to correct a behavior that I've, that's been like on my bucket list of like, what if I was somebody that, that started the day when it was dark out, but I'd never have ever wanted to really do that. And in fact, it was a huge reason why uh, I hated teaching and was not new quite quickly. And it was Matt, the aforementioned Matt who led me astray, I think, or it's not his fault. I can't play. It, It was me for being like, so, suggestible. I was, I was like, it was 2004. And I was thinking journalism, because I was doing radio. And so I thought, Sure, I'll keep going in this way. I don't really know what I want to do. But I think this seems kind of fun. Maybe I could do this. And then it was also the realization of like, Oh, no, journalism is going away. There may not there may be practically no journalistic jobs, particularly for like, great. Right? like, what, what am I going to do for for money? How will I move to Los Angeles or New York or some other place? Um, which is part of the goal. And so then teaching seemed like I knew Matt was switching to it and I was like, yeah, okay. That's something that never goes away. That's also a thing where you're talking. Uh, sure. Yeah, I could, uh, I could. And then getting into the actual swing of it was like, oh no, <laughs> I was remembering, I was thinking college where it's like a cool jacket and you're talking about whatever for an hour and you're lecturing and stuff. Um, high school is obviously a quite different thing. And at East, and most importantly involves waking up very early. So part of it is that's why anyway, she doesn't have a car and she is just sort of in a tough spot. You know, God. she's, she's uh, so I've kind of been trying to help her in a number of different ways. Cause I see that like, she's, she's in a number of like un- unfortunate and shitty tough circumstances. And she's trying to like work her way out of it. And there's not a lot of real, help that you can tangibly get. And it's very frustrating to see. And so uh, now I'm wondering if it's a boundary issue, because I'm basically like virtually anything she asked for, I'm like, yeah, of course. Yeah, whatever you need. Like, uh, or even if it's not even if it's almost like hinted, like she was like, yeah, I, she needed like a a thing sign because she said she didn't have a computer. I had an extra Chromebook, so I was like, here, have this computer, please, or saying yeah. this for, um, but it's good. I feel also weird even bringing it up because I wonder, am I just doing this so that I can tell people and get a pat on the back? And to that answer, I don't 100% know.
1: I struggle with that a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I've been I've been talking to um college students a lot lately um from BG and a few other places and I I was having a pretty frank conversation with a group of them recently um who were doing their senior seminar um class which when I was there I hated with an all-consuming passion and was just mad that I had to take it um and so I was like what would I've gotten from this and it's like like uh, honest conversation from real professionals, that would have been helpful to me. So that's what I was trying to be for them. And, um, I was, I was kind of giving just general life advice. And I said, you know, if, if you find out about someone who is somehow tangentially related to you, um, either from, you know, an alumni network or they were in your fraternity or somebody who is doing something that you want to do or at least talk to them about it, just ask them because people love talking about themselves. And like even as I was telling these kids this, I was feeling kind of gross about it because I was like, I know why I'm talking I I mean part of the reason is it would have been helpful to me and I think that that kids coming through that particular program are better than what people think they are. And so Mm -hmm. I want to give them any sort of leg up. But the other thing is, no, I love talking about myself. (laughs) Not because I think that I'm like, great. It's just because it's the thing I know the most about. Sure. Yeah. I, I mean, when you asked me to do this, I was like, of course. Uh. Do
0: it all the time. I feel the same way. Also remind me to come back to therapy, but on, on, uh, on, on that stuff. I think that's huge because I've reflected a lot on the fact that I think growing up in Ohio, you don't realize what's possible. It all seems incredibly remote and having a connection to another person just to show you that it's possible, just that they're a human being, just like you who did X, Y, Z or whatever. Um, and that there's, that it doesn't have to be all or nothing because you're, maybe it's different now with the amount of podcasts and just overall media and YouTube and everything of how much you can uh, study and learn through by, by proxy of just kind of taking things in. Whereas I feel like when we were in school, it was more like those Robert Rodriguez DVD bonus features uh-huh. of like uh-huh. that kind of film school. Um, but yeah, you it, it seems like, well, if it's, if, if one were to move out, <clears throat> to eat to a New York or a Los Angeles and try to do something that you can't really do in Ohio as much, which is working in, I mean, maybe, I guess you can, it, now everything's so spread out. And so I don't know what I'm talking about, but maybe I'll bring it back to me personally, I mean, which I'm is just, sure. I did not think I, it didn't occur to me until it was part of the college education process through you and the film uh, organization and, and, uh, and Mike even, even just sort of putting in my head that that's a thing to uh, to try to do or with, with uh, improv and sketch and stuff. Because um, it just didn't... Yeah, at least in it, it didn't come up for my career counselor in high school. It didn't... It, I didn't have any sort of reference point other than to be like, how absurd that would be to... Like, the people in the TV are miniature. It's like Willy Wonka. They're not real people. I
1: can't, I can't major in a hobby. Right. Yeah. yeah. I... Um, I worked at um, a bakery and there was a, a coworker of mine who was majoring in film. And I was like, oh, well, I was going to go into radio, but that's probably dead. So yeah, I guess film feels similar. Um, oh man.
0: I do wish that I had studied film if only so that I could have had some more practical like editing skills and camera skills and stuff. Well, I never really learned that bit.
1: I mean, I, I don't need to mean to speak ill of the program that produced me, but I have literally no hard skills
0: from mm. school. Okay, uh, no, never mind. Oh so, yeah. yeah, I had plenty of I had plenty of opportunity. I could have taken the initiative. I just I mean, didn't. I you, still could.
1: Yeah, there's plenty of YouTube tutorials, um, but yeah, I mean, all that to say, it's <laughs> going back to charity um, and like good deeds. Um, I really struggle with it. And I think part of the reason that I struggle with it is um
0: I have a lot of Catholic guilt. And glad you brought it up. That's yeah. where I wanted to go too. Hell yeah. Reading my mind.
1: Okay, well, should I quote the Bible to you? Because there's this one verse that I learned when I was like nine
0: mm-hmm. that
1: stuck with me. And it's um when you give to someone in need, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. And that has fucked me up in a way where it's like, I want to be pat it on the back when I do good for other people, but I also feel an immense guilt when I see someone see me do it. Mm-hmm. And like like today, I'm going to tell you a story, which feels even gross telling you this. There was a guy on the side of the road. I had $5. I gave him $5. And I remember thinking like, okay, that was a nice thing I did. And then immediately having guilt for having thought that about myself.
0: Right. Yeah. I feel that, uh, and wrestle with it. And that's, uh, it's both of that's where it's like a a mixed bag kind of thing of, of growing up in Ohio is like, I like this about myself. And I also really question it a lot, but man, I mean, uh, homelessness in particular and, and, and poverty and, and just all, all of it is like, I mean, I guess in, in a way I, it's not like I, I didn't grow up in, it's just the cost of living is so much lower in ohio so it's it's not dissimilar that i'm driving her to a job to work in a factory my mom works in a factory um it's it's a comparable thing except that here it's like a much more severe kind of thing i mean i guess it's the same thing like if my mom didn't have a car how would she get to work but i guess it's a different kind of thing but okay but more to the the guilt part the catholic guilt part like uh Yeah, we were kind of talking the other day of like, I I realized that I must believe in God and or a higher power because I do these things expecting some reward, even though then I won't necessarily tell anybody or me bringing it up here is like in a cagey way. And like I feel uncomfortable. I go, I want to share it because it's something that I'm doing and struggling with the the waking up thing. Uh, Last night, I stayed up all night to be able to do it and then crashed. Um, afterwards, this time I'm going to try to, you know, more intentionally get rest on time. So I'm trying to make sure that I'm pulling what pulling the selfish thing out of it intentionally as a motivation, but it's also incredibly helpful. Like what's getting me out of bed is knowing for a fact, this person's face that she's going to be there, that she needs it, that if I don't come through, it's a pretty severe consequence to what she's trying to accomplish. It's not like a thing where, I mean, I don't, there's not like a specific, end date until it's it's like either i catch covid um or uh or she you know gets a paycheck or two and is able to uh get a car um so similar with like doing a podcast today there's a there's it's not sustainable for forever but for now i'm just gonna try to try to keep up the pace kind of like what you were saying earlier too like i'm 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 a sprinter like i've always struggled with kind of keeping up with uh with things over the long term, um, there was like four different topics that I brought up in there. So I guess you have your pick on which to respond to. Sorry, that was like a very <laughs> ellipses and then semicolon sentence, but there was punctuation and it ends with a period. Now,
1: great. Well, um, you no, know, I it's like service of other people. <laughs> this. Oh, gosh, it's it's so tough. Um, I For what it's worth, and I'm not patting you on the back to make you feel good here. I'm saying like at large, I do think that like service of others is important and it is beneficial to us as long as it's more beneficial to the other person. I think we're fine. Like yeah. if we're only serving others to actually serve ourselves, then that's not great. I don't know. It feels like, uh, in in your opener when you were talking about all the brands patting themselves on the back for their anti-racism by posting a picture of MLK you know it's mm-hmm. like who and what is this for what's the intent behind it is it is it to to sell you know moisturizer then probably right. not great
0: right it's though, not like, it's not a practically it's not practically doing anything and i think maybe what you're speaking to is like Give it you know you've got five dollars you hand over five dollars um like i'll I'll still do the thing of like walk, like going with the person like if I'm when b- before the pandemic the last time I went out for like a, a long stroll uh guy was asking for money it didn't have any money but took him to the he wanted to go to jack in the box so yeah. got him Jack in the box yeah. um that kind of thing where it's i i struggle with it in in that sense of like but i but here's what I've resolved which is like it's okay to be taking the internal self pet on the back of like yeah I'm pre-. it's not like I'm then turning around and then being like well I've justified myself to go online and be super fucking hateful towards homeless people yeah. or something like I'm not using that as like a shield I am using it for the to quell the deep inner shame that I can't, that is still a struggle of like, why is this here exactly? Cause there's not a huge, there's not a one size fits all explanation there. There's not like a, Oh, it's, it's, it's this, Oh, this happened in your childhood. And so this, or it's, Oh, it's this about your identity. And so that explains the shame. It's, 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 I think a, com- a number of things compacting, um, including the the raised Catholic bit of just always feeling like not enough and always feeling like needing to justify one's existence or even I think it's also why I struggle with, with the the finishing sentences. Like I, do I even have a right to say what I'm saying? I'm I'm like a hick nobody asshole. And yet I didn't ask to be here. We didn't ask to be in this situation, largely speaking. So it does seem like service to others is kind of the least that we ought to be, that we ought to owe each other. Yeah. Um, And it fucks me up living in um la it fucked me up from the very first time that we came here just that that hard it's so much worse in new york san francisco um the disparity just the immediate visual contrast between having absolutely nothing and having so much that you have no idea what to do with it but you but it's just not there's there's no trying to like make sure that everybody is at like a certain level of, of um, being taken care of. It's just, it's wild West in terms of caring for others.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I also think that, and this is something that you and I have talked about previously. Um, but just the, the other thing that makes me feel icky. And I think it's, I don't think it's something that I do, but I know it's things that other people I know do, which is like the, the self self, like the narratives that like we're at the center of this story and we're posting about it on social media. And it's, here's, here's a picture of me feeding homeless people at Thanksgiving. Here's a picture of me on my mission trip. Um, mm. And the, just the need to document and put ourselves in the center of this narrative feels very gross to me. Yeah. And I'm glad that I don't do that.
0: Me too. Although recently I looking for a way to try to, um, well, it happened somewhat organically. And then the timing worked out to where they were like, well, you could do it on December 24th. We have an opening. Then I was like, sure. Which was signing up to do meal delivery for, so people volunteers make a bunch of meals and then you, you go around, you pick them up and then you drop them off at the, uh, at the shelter. Um, uh, and they specifically ask you to take photos, uh, not just of the of the volunteers handing up the bag of the bags in the car and then dropping it off and to post their link and stuff like that. So when it's given to me as a direct order and I can and then I have no responsibility in it, then I feel I feel capable of doing it. And then I am able to do it. Otherwise, I don't know if I could because that that voice of like, oh, this is so gross that you're doing this for the for the likes. Um, like I would, I wouldn't be able to post it, but see the, the reason that that voice is wrong is, you know, what they're looking, the reason that they ask you to, Hey, please take photos. Please tag homemade meals is what they're called. Please do, you know, tag the name of the organization and all this stuff um, is to get the word out to make it again, similar to what you're talking about. Speaking to the film kids, make it seem accessible to people in your circle that it doesn't, And even if they feel a bit of a, you know, I think probably the, you know, the the positive view is if, if it provokes a sort of like, ugh, kind of thing, theoretically, hopefully it makes you spurred into wanting to do something equivalent, if only to prove to yourself that, well, I could do this too. I mean, I'm also a good person. I think, unfortunately, we, it mostly, like just knowing from myself, you see things like that and you just kind of, you can't help but be like, you know you roll your eyes. It's similar to, way to rolling eyes at a, at a, um, at a brand posting in an MLK photo. It's really egregious when it's like the NFL, right? When they've specifically, and all these corporations are, you know, com- complicit in tons of, uh, structural institutional racism, NFL, maybe egregiously. So on the other hand, it's like, maybe it is good or it's a, I don't know. It's not. <laughs> I can't really make the argument that it's actual progress. It isn't. It's superficial and it's uh and yeah, I mean that's the struggle. The struggle is like trying to find that degree of authenticity with yourself of am I doing this uh to be a good person or am I doing this because I want to seem like a good person. Right. Yeah. And there is no good person or bad person. There is good deeds and there's bad deeds and you know? Yeah. And that's where it's like, well, I must believe that there's a calculator because uh, (laughs) it's not like, it's not like I'm, if the calculator is only using my actions to further myself that I'm not using the most of my time.
1: Yeah. But if there is not a calculator, you can still sleep easy having done more good than bad.
0: I didn't sleep at all last night. I did not sleep. So I'm not sleeping well.
1: But, yeah, okay, I guess uh, when you're dead, you can sleep well, that you have done more good than wrong. Um, Did you see Ice um, today tweeted, today we honor Dr. Martin Luther King's message of hope, justice, and equality. That was Ice? Ice. Oh, that was Ice.
0: Oh, wow. (laughs) Yeah, that's pretty, that's horrible. Um,
1: Yeah, Yeah, great. Um, Anyway... um, I mean, uh, I, I didn't come up with this exact phrasing, but, um, social media was the epidemic all along.
0: So true. So true. Are <laughs> you, um, oh wait, I should have been. There you go. Yeah. It's always, there's always gotta be a 20 second pause between the joke and the, the drums because I re- have to remember, oh my God, it's here somewhere. <laughs> um, yeah. Are you what's your feeling on? Are you are you on what do you want social media wise? I think I already told you where I'm at with everything of wanting to get off but not, I don't know. Still yeah. kind of in this midway. I I I'm not sure whether to accept. I want to have acceptance one way or the other. Either by flushing it and accepting that I'm just putting that behind me or accepting that it's an addiction that I can stop. Maybe fussing so much about, but just keep more of a a lid on. Um, I'm wondering where you're at with that stuff.
1: So, I early on in the pandemic, I got rid of my Facebook account because I just didn't really need any hot takes from people I went to high school with. And I, it, Facebook for me is the one that I can scroll for too long. Um, uh, mm. the way the algorithm works is it will just continue to give me content and I, you can't get to the bottom of your feed.
0: Sure. Where- well, that's true of all of them, right? Facebook was the one that was relatively easy to give up because I, I, well, that was one where I like had to step away because I was getting into too many yeah arguments and yeah. I was like, this is just not who I want to be. I got to stop doing this. Yeah.
1: So I, yeah, I got off Facebook and fa- So I'm on Instagram, which is a little more curated. Um, just in terms of who I interact with there. Uh, yeah. Just because I, I have not had it as long. So there's not, you know, some uh, like a random foreign exchange student who I knew in seventh grade is not my Instagram friend. Wow. Um, and I look at it all day, every day. I don't post often, <laughs> I just look at it. Um, just lurking. Yes. And I am on Twitter, which I I actually have a fairly healthy relationship with Twitter because I can turn it off easier. Um, Again, I can't get to the bottom of it. But I realize the farther down I am, the less information I'm seeing from people that I know or people that I care about because that feed just auto-fills with something that someone I follow liked or... Mutual follow, like those kind of things. Um, I'm much. It's much easier for me to just turn it off.
0: For me, it's the opposite. I have a pretty healthy relationship with Instagram, where I'll look at it briefly, uh, I, but uh, but won't really spend much time on it. I spend if I spend any time on it, I usually post something. Yeah. Um, and otherwise, I can go days at a time. And it's been with Facebook. It's now been. I mean, it's been years since I was really active and, and, uh, until recently it had been several months since I'd even, uh, opened the app, but Twitter oddly is the, that's the one where I, but here's the connection is I also do the ghost-like thing of, of like mostly lurking. Um, cause I feel like all these apps are much better if you're actively posting stuff so that you're getting the, you know, you're getting the dopamine and not yeah. just yeah. the feeling of not it. existing.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I um, yeah, I I think for me for it's Twitter is just I'm not that active. I don't interact with that many people, so I'm able to just completely turn it off. I also um, I'm not very good at being in the weeds on news items, and then there's this just like shit posting and the like quasi nihilism. Gets to me faster. Um, yeah. And whereas um, I'm happy to see my cousin's beautiful children. On, Instagram. I think
0: Twitter is the worst one to be the most addicted to, which is why I am, keep talking about giving it up because it, it's social media in general, because really it's just Twitter. I think that, and, and for exactly that reason, it's just like uh, the intense uh, nihilism and the intense despair and, just, you know, shaming and righteousness. It's its all sorts of things that can be just really corrosive to feeling like you, I mean, to the shame stuff. I mean, I really, it's like I'm addicted to feeling bad and Twitter is the way that I can just feel a ton of shame through proxy. Um, yeah. It's not directly about me. It's, you know, ever, but it's uh, uh, nonetheless, You know, I still will like read something and be like, oh, in a way that means I'm a failure or that, that means that I have not done enough or I haven't, I don't even really mean with career stuff. I mean, really, I'm just thinking of like, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Also this like tonal whiplash that kills me on Twitter where it's like, um, I, I'm for a very long time, I was very online and so there's like weird internet. Comedy, essentially, is, like, something that I really enjoy. I love, like, a very weird meme. And so that will be next to um, a, like, a White House correspondent that I follow. And the back and forth between, um, like, (laughs) weird, weird internet comedy and uh, just the world being
0: dude it's such a whiplash it's 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 the like uh and i feel like even on days like the coup i was seeing a feed of mostly coup but then also like hot takes about the mandalorian or something and it's it's strange because it i have no beef with anybody posting about the mandalorian or whatever they want to be talking about particularly if it's something that they find joy in go for it But it's such a, but the algorithm and the way that it's laid out makes you almost resent that person. Um, It just makes you resent people, I find it uh, or yourself. It's really, really bad for the brain. I've been trying to like strip myself of it. I had the blue check and I thought, this is gross. Why do I need the blue check to, to feel like I'm better than people? I'm not better than anybody this is stupid. Uh I need to get off. Deleted it for a minute, then was back like a couple days later. And I've done that a number of times of like, all right, I'm done. No goodbye yeah. post. I'm just gonna delete this and move on. Yeah. And then a few days later, you wanna reactivate your account? Yeah. God <sighs> damn it. Yeah. I just I just want to know what people are talking about. I and really- that's what gets addicting to me is like I love to eavesdrop. I love to
1: yes. um to follow hear
0: other thoughts. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I mean, for what it's worth, I feel like we should kind of give ourselves a break with all of our reliance on technology at the moment because it, for people who are following the rules, it is our lifeline to the Mm -hmm. outside world. And um, I mean, I'm very pleased that you pick up the phone and call me um, because that's the other lifeline that's much easier and much more positive for my life and my mental health. But um, I do think that we should give ourselves a break because right now, like what all of us, no matter what our situation is, like all of us need more connection than we are getting right now. And so it's like, unfortunately, we're getting like the bad connection on Twitter.
0: Yeah, you're right. It's, it's, uh, we need to be a little more forgiving on it. And also we were, we're it's like we're lab rats who are, like, blaming ourselves for being in the in the maze. Yeah. Like you're we're we were placed in this kind of we we were really quite forced into this whole situation. And yeah, especially now now more than ever in these unprecedented times. Exactly. We're online. Yeah. Um.
1: I I did this project um over the summer and uh, we interviewed like a a uh, reformed tech bro. And he said something to me that was just so perverse, and uh, it will haunt me for years. Where he said, "If if there is a service that you have and you don't know what the product is, assume that you are the product." Um, which I know sounds like I'm galaxy braining over here, but <laughs> um, it's true. And yeah. like he said, "We we did not choose to be put on this path or this track or whatever. Um, we it was it's." It's a system that, unfortunately, most of us need it right now to communicate. And there's a lot of people who make their living doing this. And uh, it sucks shit. Period. Sentence. (laughs)
0: Um, Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I don't know. It's been an hour. So I guess for no better reason than that, I feel like we also kind of – we covered some – this was good. This was good fun. Um, Let's do this all the time. I yeah. Isn't it funny that Mike was so resistant to just like, like how hard would it be to just have Mike here adding in like some IMDb trivia?
1: I know. I almost texted him the other night because I was trying, I think I was talking to you about it where I was trying to think of um, examples of crime movies that were based on a true story, but were Mm. not about the exact people. Um, And I was like, I know that Mike would know the answer to this, but I need it now and I don't want to wait for him to text me back. So I didn't. And that was a missed opportunity to interact with Mike.
0: I feel like we, there's so much we, we got to talk about you and I, I mean, we didn't, we, we got into like Ohio and good deed stuff, which is fascinating and good podcast content. I think we can all agree, but man, oh man, I feel like scratching the surface of, um, things I want to ask you about and talk about, but we'll save it for another time. We'll find another time.
1: Good. Keep me in the corral.
0: Yeah, man. Uh, th- that's, that's what it's going to be. Just a little corral, little pal corral. Pal, pal. corral.
1: Wow, It's so cute.
0: That should have been the name of the
1: No. It's, thing. I mean, here's the thing. It's a perfect name.
0: Yeah. It's a name <laughs> okay. where it's
1: just Yeah. It's too good. It's too good. Yeah.
0: Um, Should I post this episode and should I post a link to your Instagram in the description?
1: Um, My Instagram is private.
0: Okay, never mind. So people don't need to follow you. Do you want them to?
1: If someone really wants my occasional dumb tweet that's usually about um, melatonin gummies or my aerobic dance class, then...
0: I personally like it. I mean, if you need to picture an audience, you always come up in my feed when you tweet because I'm not on Facebook and theoretically, the point of these apps is to see your friends, see people you actually know and not people you have a weird parasocial relationship where you don't actually know them. Yeah. So I, not that I, I mean, I have plenty of those and I like it too, but I also, I can, I can spiral out of it and be like, do I know anybody? Oh my I god! I think I know some people.
1: My mother is on Twitter now. For like, she got on last year. She's really hate Trump, and um, which I appreciate, but she is like, she's always like t- retweeting just general, like Trump sucks stuff, mm-hmm. um, and.
0: We gotta get her more online, Mom. You're embarrassing me with this uh, with these basic retweets. Oh God! And you're doing the Lincoln Project, Mom. Come on.
1: Oh yeah, that's the exact kind of thing she's tweeting, and it's like I I don't want to have a conversation with her about how like she's living in a neoliberal nightmare and she doesn't even know it. But um, she has almost two thousand followers because she oh needs, gosh. like follow rings, <laughs> and um. She doesn't tweet anything. Well, occasionally she'll tweet something really funny. Like the other day, um, Newt Gingrich um, tweeted a map of places where people had cleaned up human shit in San Francisco. And my mom just responded, where's your face on this map? So like sometimes, (laughs) sometimes she says, but like, I mean, for example, she just retweeted this thing from the account, Canada resists. Here's an idea. Let's all do a scheduled tweet for 1201 12- one Wednesday that reads dear New York AG Letitia James arrest him. Now who's in pass it around and retweet thumbs up. So she's like always retweeting shit like that. And on these like weird retweet, like here's, here's 20 people who honor the legacy of MLK follow them. And so she's at, she has 10,000 tweets
0: and, wow, it sounds like she's knows what she's doing. I mean, yeah, we should drop it. We should. We'll have to. Uh, you can text me her Twitter and maybe we'll 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 say follow her as well in the uh, in the description and maybe even we'll see how comfortable you are with with this idea. But I've never met your mom, but I I immediately want to now.
1: Uh, she's she's a character. Um, sounds real fun. Yeah, but she yeah, Twitter's her new drug. Um and she just every day texts me probably twice a day her number, her count of people. Um and she's gotten about a thousand followers in the last two weeks. Oh my gosh. Really looking like a bot. Um
0: (laughs) Well let's get we'll get her to tweet out this episode so that we get uh randos to oh, uh look, that'll be exciting.
1: She absolutely will. But um it's just it's very funny. Um just speaking of parasocial relationships.
0: I'm like I am fascinated. Know? I'm so fascinated. It's so I feel like that's uh i d I've not I of all of the, you know, oh my parents are on social media that we all have, this one's pretty unique. It's that one I don't know. Fun. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, other times she doesn't really understand what she's like, like posting just pictures. Like one day, one day I was like mad at my job. This was years ago. And um, we were on the phone and I was crying. And then I texted her like, as a joke, a picture of me, but my makeup still looked good. And I was like, hey, my makeup still looks good. And she just posted that picture. A picture of me clearly had been crying, but my makeup still looked good. <laughs> posted it on Facebook apropos of Nothing. And it just said, Here's my daughter. And I was oh, like, I'm oh, gonna fucking kill you.
0: Oh my gosh.
1: But that's amazing.
0: Yeah. Um all, um, all right. Well, well I'm gonna wrap up the show. Okay. Um thanks for being here. Hang out on the line while uh it uploads and while um while I play us out. Does that sound good?
1: And yeah, I'll mute myself
0: thanks for being here thanks for listening uh dear listener and uh thanks for subscribing check out more of the episodes follow emily and uh her mom on twitter and also make sure to check out talk time which is the band that you hear at the beginning and end of these episodes and self-titled ep this is colors this has been a grand party we did the thing we did exactly what we said we'd do And also, this podcast is produced by the eight cats. Prince, Moose, Milo, Zeus, Shadow, Hissy, Peanut Butter, and Nala. That's all I got. We'll see you tomorrow.